Engaging conversation on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Hello and welcome to our special Christmas edition of Pro-Life Primetime News. Today is Friday, December 23rd. I'm Leslie Palma. And I'm Teresa Watson. In our top story tonight, we will share with you Father Frank's response to the news you all heard over the weekend regarding his priesthood. For the remainder of the show, we will share with you uplifting pro-life news that we hope will fill you with hope and joy as Christmas draws near. As I'm sure our viewers have heard, Priests for Life heard from a news outlet over the weekend that Father Frank Pavone has been removed from the priesthood by order of the Vatican. We got this news a month after Father Frank celebrated his 34th ordination anniversary and a week before Christmas. Father Frank broadcasts live from our studio on Saturday night, and we'd like to play a portion of his message. We found it reassuring to know that he doesn't plan to let his unwelcome news slow down his work for an instant. We hope you will find it reassuring as well. This movement is going to head forth to victory, uh, and now with the victory already won over Roe v. Wade, well, brothers and sisters, we're going to restore that protection to these unborn children that Roe v. Wade opened, that, that the, the defeat of Roe v. Wade opened the door for us to protect even more. We're plowing through. The other side is trying to, they're trying to do their, you know, uh, constitutional amendments in favor of abortion. This will not stand. This will not last. The covenant with death will be annulled, as God's word says. Now, I want to stay on with the all might. But I know it. you probably have to get to bed like I do. So uh, God bless you. Like one of you was saying, this movement, this pro-life movement uh, will prevail. Absolutely. There's no, look, mark my words. We are absolutely uh, on the path of victory in this, in this pro-life effort. We're going to see protection for the unborn grow in this new year. Uh, we're going to see more election victories in this new year and next year. And we are going to be unapologetic. We are going to be clear. And we're going to be transparent. If somebody wants to disagree with us, let them disagree. But don't lie about us. Someone going to have a problem with something that we do or something that we say? You have a right to have a problem with something we do and something we say. But don't try to hide under a bushel basket or hide in the shadows and give some kind of vague, cloudy uh, 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 kind of complaint. Be specific. You have a problem with what we do? You have a problem with what we say? Well, then I say to our enemies and our, uh, those who oppose us, have the courage to say what it is that you have a problem with. And stop using vague complaints and vague accusations. You got a problem? Tell us what it is, and we'll deal with it. Now, we're all sinners and we all make mistakes. If I fail to serve any of you in any way, and I speak to everyone in the church, well, then I ask forgiveness for that. We all ask forgiveness every day. Isn't that what we say in our prayers? So, yeah, none of us is perfect. But if we have a problem with one another, can we at least be straightforward and honest and upright about it? We've got nothing to hide. I've got nothing to hide. Stop playing games. Those who are always trying to silence us, you see this in the government all the time, the fake investigations. There's fake investigations in the church, too. 
They've launched fake investigations about me. They're absolutely meaningless. Stop the nonsense. Stop playing games. Can we be mature about this? Let's talk with one another. Let's be open. Nobody's going into hiding here. Nobody's going into silence. This is why I love the fact that we can connect on these platforms. That's another way you can support what I'm doing is get more and more people to come on to our, our, uh, our, social, uh, um, our social media uh, platforms. And let's continue to expand our audience. Now, we're on, the winning, we're on the winning track, brothers and sisters. People are waking up. And those who have been tr- tr- tried to be silenced by their enemies for years and years and years, they are breaking through like never before. So onward to victory. Let's say somebody was mentioning about the, memora- uh, the uh, Memorare. Let's say that prayer as well. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that ever was it known. That anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly unto thee, O Virgin of Virgins, our Mother. To thee we come, before thee we kneel, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not our petitions, but in thy clemency hear and answer them. Amen. And I know many of you say that St. Michael prayer. Let's say that one together too. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. For the remainder of our Christmas show, we would like to bring you stories of joy, hope, and life. And to share messages of hope and life, pro-life advocates plan to sing Christmas carols outside abortion facilities all across the country. The Peace in the Womb Caroling Project has been going on for seven years. And through their singing and encouragement, pro-lifers have helped save unborn babies from abortion. In the aftermath of the Dobbs versus Jackson Supreme Court ruling that overturned Roe v. Wade, pro-life Americans are declaring, all I want for Christmas is peace in the womb. In the coming weeks, they will gather under banners expressing those words as they sing Christmas carols outside abortion facilities throughout the country as part of the Pro-Life Action League's annual Peace in the Womb Christmas caroling campaign. Visit the website shown on the screen for more information on the locations that are already set up, and also there are resources there to help you host your own Peace in the Womb caroling concert. A Florida family is celebrating a Christmas miracle they spent five years hoping and waiting for, a son named Ethan. Television station WMBB reports Ethan Hendricks was born November 11th at Ascension Sacred Heart Emerald Coast Hospital in Miramar Beach. He was two months premature. After overcoming a number of medical problems, the baby boy is expected to be well enough to go home for Christmas. We tried to have a baby for five years, his parents told WMBB. We went through a lot of loss, a lot of doctor's appointments, and a lot of just emotions and frustration from the whole infertility journey. Fawn and Brian Hendricks said they decided to name their son after the main character in Mission Impossible, one of their favorite movies. About three years ago, they said they were watching the movie again and decided, you know what, we love this movie so much, we should name our son Ethan if we ever have a boy. Ethan's weight recently surpassed five pounds and his health continues to improve daily. His parents said they decided to wait to decorate for Christmas until they can take him home with them, which is likely this week. Two years ago, the hospital where Ethan was born opened the first neonatal intensive care unit in the area and recently expanded to care for premature babies born weighing less than three pounds. 
It's great because it enables us to take care of more patients in their community without having to travel a long distance to seek neonatal care, Dr. Philip Tatum, a neonatologist, told the news outlet. So we're able to take care of the smaller babies who are often in the hospital for much longer. More premature babies are surviving and thriving thanks to modern medicine. In 2021, Guinness World Records recognized an Alabama boy who was born at 21 weeks as the youngest premature baby to survive. Curtis Means was born weighing 14.8 ounces at 20 weeks and one day in 2020. In 2017, the journal Pediatrics highlighted the story of another girl who survived after being born at 21 weeks and four days of pregnancy. More hospitals are expanding care for very premature babies too, as research shows more are surviving and thriving. Recent studies out of Duke University and the New England Journal of Medicine have found that a growing percent of premature infants are surviving as early as 22 weeks of pregnancy. That research recently prompted the British Association of Medicine to issue new guidelines encouraging medical treatment for babies born at just 22 weeks. Previously, the guidelines did not recommend treatment until 24 weeks. Well, Leslie, that's really great news and, and huge contrast to those people uh, who support abortion up to 22 weeks and, and beyond. Absolutely. It's a wake-up call, I think. Yeah. Teresa, we have a story about another premature baby who ended up saving her mother's life after doctors discovered a cancerous tumor. Harriet Elsden, 32, from Brentwood, Essex in England, gave birth to her daughter Madison Wilmshurst Smith 12 weeks before her due date. Medics told Harriet that if she hadn't given birth so early, they might not have found the cancer growing in one of her ovaries in time. Baby Madison was not due until October, but on July 1st, her mother Harriet started experiencing severe abdominal pain and was rushed to Broomfield Hospital. Within 20 minutes of arriving, her daughter was born. After three pushes, she was out. It was such a whirlwind experience, and she was so tiny when she was born, Harriet said. She was passed over to me before going into the neonatal ward. But just five days later, when Harriet and her partner Nicholas went to visit their daughter in hospital, Harriet decided to have her abdomen checked because she was still experiencing pain. During the ultrasound, medics spotted a mass on one of her ovaries. They had discovered the tumor. If Nicholas and I hadn't been in the hospital visiting Madison, I don't think I would have bothered being medically checked. As any parent knows, you put your kids first and yourself second. I was too busy worrying about my newborn to worry about myself. It was like she knew she had to come early to save my life. Harriet was able to have an operation to remove her right ovary and one of her fallopian tubes and started chemotherapy just weeks later. Madison is thriving. Her mom said even though she was tiny at birth, she thrived in the ward compared to other premature babies. I always think if I hadn't gone into early labor, I don't think the tumor would have been caught in time, Harriet said. It's almost like she knew she had to come out. If she didn't, I'd be looking at stage three or four ovarian cancer. Madison really saved my life, but she won't hear that from me as she'll be using it against me when she's a teenager. Right to Life UK spokesperson Catherine Robinson said, the prospects for extremely premature babies are improving all the time, but it doesn't often happen that being born prematurely saves a woman's life. What a great present for both mother and daughter, just in time for Christmas. Abortion advocates have said over and over that having a baby will derail a woman's plans for college and a successful career. According to the pro-abortion mantra, women must sacrifice the lives of their unborn children to succeed in life. But evidence shows they couldn't be more wrong. Vox, a far-left online publication, posted an article titled, Five Ways Abortion Bans Could Hurt Women in the Workforce. 
It falsely claimed that women's professional lives will suffer greatly without access to abortion on demand until birth. A typical antiquated attitude of the modern-day feminist movement is that women are incapable of a successful career if they become mothers. Apparently, Sarah Merrill didn't get the memo. Sarah and her husband are the parents of nine children, five sons and four daughters. Here's where it gets interesting. She just graduated from medical school and has her sights set on becoming a neurosurgeon, a field in which only 5% of physicians are women. Dr. Michelle Halliard, Dean of the Mayo Clinic Alex School of Medicine, where Sarah graduated, has no doubt she will succeed. If you can make it through having nine children and keep your sanity, neurosurgery residency should be a piece of cake because there's no amount of stress that you can't handle, she said. And here's another name you might know. Amy Coney Barrett, Justice of the United States Supreme Court. Aside from Chief Justice, there is no higher position in the judicial realm. While a professor at Notre Dame University, students voted her teacher of the year three times. Another thing about Justice Barrett is that she has seven children, two of them adopted from Haiti and the youngest with Down syndrome. It doesn't appear being a mother to a large family had any detrimental effect on her judicial aspirations. She would probably say her kids enhanced them. Nine siblings have set a world record as the largest number of babies to be born together and survive. And after more than a year in the hospital and another several months in a home with round-the-clock medical care available, the non-tuplets, non-uplets? I've never heard that word before. I, I know never it was a did. Thing. All right, we'll go with non-uplets, <laughs> okay? Okay, non okay. <laughs> we're finally redeemed well enough to go home this week, the Today Show reports. The 19-month-old siblings and their parents are from the Western African country of Mali, but they spent nearly two years in Casablanca, Morocco, at a hospital that specializes in high-risk pregnancies and premature babies. When their parents traveled to Morocco before the baby's birth, they said both they and their doctors thought Halima, the mom, was pregnant with seven babies. But on May 4, 2021, nine babies arrived by cesarean section at 30 weeks of pregnancy. Each weighed between one and two pounds, according to People magazine. This week, the Ministry of Health and Social Development of Mali celebrated the family's arrival back home from Morocco. Here is a video of the parents and their nine beautiful babies. 19 months after they were born, the world's first surviving non-uplets are going home. Guinness World Records was granted access to meet the family before they left the clinic. Les garçons, il y a Mohamed, Ba, Omar, Al-Hajj, et les filles, il y a Hawa, Adama, Oumu, Khadija, Fatouma. Nous sommes partis de sept. Allah nous a offert neuf. Au début, on n'avait pas cette information jusqu'au Maroc ici. Mais c'est au cours de l'intervention que nous avons su, au lieu de sept, Non-uplets are extremely rare, and until the arrival of the Sisse children, no cases had been recorded of nine babies from a single birth surviving for more than a few hours. Ce qui fait, il fallait quand même qu'on prenne en charge cette bonne dame avant que ça soit trop tard pour qu'il n'y ait pas d'hémorragie en postpartum. Il fallait à ce moment-là la prendre en charge dans une salle de cathétérisme pour emboliser l'artère utérine. Dieu merci, le plateau technique plus la mobilisation de tout un personnel qui est qualifié, aussi bien paramédical que médical. Il y avait 32 personnes qui étaient mobilisées spécialement pour, pour cet événement. 
Avoir un bébé, un seul bébé et l'entretenir, c'est une grande chose, à plus forte raison d'en avoir neuf, machallah. Ça demande beaucoup, beaucoup d'attention. The babies were born at 30 weeks via cesarean section and each of the five girls and four boys weighed between 1.1 and 2.2 pounds. That's between 500 grams and one kilogram. C'est pas facile de les faire dormir tous ensemble. On fait des câlins pour qu'ils puissent dormir. Ils aiment beaucoup les câlins pour dormir. Nous remercions d'abord aussi, après le Tout-Puissant, les autorités de mon pays, le Mali, qui ont tout mis en œuvre pour le suivi, les frères, tout ce qui concerne madame et les enfants pour la prise en charge. Donc je les remercie infiniment. Nous remercions l'école médicale du Mali et le groupe Aguilital de nous avoir accompagnés durant tout notre séjour ici au Mali. Et les infirmières qui nous avaient accompagnés du matin, midi et soir qui sont avec nous. Nous disons merci à tout le groupe. Et bah, c'est un exploit et c'est une très grande fierté pour, pour moi-même et pour mon groupe. Et j'espère être toujours à la hauteur de ce genre de challenge dans l'avenir. C'est une fierté, d'abord. Certes, c'est quelque chose de exceptionnel puisque ce n'est pas seulement They achieved the Guinness World Records title for the most children delivered at a single birth to survive. We have invited Father Frank Pavone, the National Director of Priests for Life, to join us to give you all a very special Christmas message. Well, hello brothers and sisters and Merry Christmas. Christmas is about God coming to us as a child. Christmas is about welcoming the child who is God. That baby in the manger challenges us to confront each child, to welcome each child, to come face to face and allow the child to confront and challenge us with that child's needs, that child's dependency. The vulnerability of Jesus as a little baby reminds us of the vulnerability of every child, those who are living in poverty, those who are in distress, and those who are unborn, those whose very lives are in danger because those lives in the womb are not protected or recognized as persons. This is a key lesson for us in the pro-life movement to draw from Christmas and to help others to draw. Let the child challenge us to speak up, to sacrifice for them, to make sure we are the voice that they do not yet have. May this Christmas inspire and strengthen your pro-life commitment and the pro-life commitment of the entire people of God. Merry Christmas and God bless you. On behalf of Leslie and I and our amazing producer, Rob Collins, we would like to wish you all a very blessed Christmas. Merry Christmas, and to close our show tonight, we have Father Dennis Wild, the Associate Director of Priests for Life, an Augustinian priest, sharing his Christmas wishes for us all. Be sure to join us next Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern for our special broadcast of the Pro-Life Primetime News Year in Review.
Merry Christmas. Christmas, the beautiful carols that are always so part of the sound of Christmas and the lights that we have in Christmas, the lights and the sounds of our heart go out to all of you at this time that we may rejoice in the favor of Jesus Christ coming to us. God is with us and may he remain with you in the new year and well beyond. God bless you from Priests for Life. This is Father Dennis Weil. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.